What is up, everybody? It's Sean, your host here with Gadget Reason Radio, and I'm back today. It is Tuesday, and I woke up this morning and did the same thing I do every day to start my day. I poured my first cup of coffee and quickly started curating some of the most interesting tech stories that I could find from around the interwebs to share with you guys. So let's go ahead and jump in with today's tech download for Tuesday, August 22nd, 2017. Ah, yes, it finally happened. We all knew this was coming. Nintendo pulled a fast one on us all again and screwed us over on the SNES pre-orders. So late last night, meaning around 3 to 4 a.m., somewhere around there, Nintendo decided to tell online retailers that they could go ahead with U.S. pre-orders for the Nintendo SNES Classic Edition console. So I woke up this morning to numerous emails from all of the different um, retailers where I had sort of registered to be notified when SNES Classic pre-orders went live. And of course, upon clicking on each and every one of them, they were all listed as currently sold out and unavailable. Nintendo is really starting to piss me off with this whole, uh, you know, unavailability thing that they seem to pull with every single item that they ever sell. And I really wish that I had the willpower to not give them any more of my money and to really kind of speak with my wallet when it comes to this. And I wish that uh, the rest of the world had the capability or the willpower to do the same, but we all know that's not going to happen. So since we all continue to keep falling for this and continue to rush out to gobble up, all of these goodies that Nintendo releases upon the world, then we are all going to continue to suffer through these ridiculous launches and pre-order cycles that basically have people clamoring to get their hands on a device that's never going to be available. Obviously, Nintendo had promised initially that this would not be the case with the SNES Classic Edition, but it does seem to be off to the same start that the NES Classic Edition console had when it was released last year. So, um, I'm, I'm really disappointed in Nintendo and as well as all the online retailers who participated in this, um, you would have thought they would have been able to give some type of pushback saying, we're not going to do it this way. You know, tell us that you have, you know, enough for us to at least hold pre-orders open for one solid day, not for 20 minutes. Um, but it is what it is. If any of you out there were uh, lucky enough to snag one of these early pre-orders of the SNES classic edition please uh, give me a call in or leave me a comment and let me know otherwise drop me a comment on social media you can find me at gadget reason i'd love to know if anybody out there actually got one or what the percentage of people that tried actually is so yeah let me know Engadget is reporting that DJI has issued a mandatory update that will ground all DJI Spark drones if the update is not applied by September 1st. It was reported last month that there were some intermittent instances of problems with the DJI Spark falling from the sky due to some sort of failures, as well as several instances of it failing to respond during some of the automated flight modes. Now, I've had the DJI Spark since it first launched on, I believe, June 15th, and I haven't had any issues with mine, but I always apply any and all updates to all of my drones, regardless of whether I think I need to or not, just because it's uh, kind of common sense, I think. Basically, a lot of consumers don't like the fact that DJI has full control over something that they've paid, in many cases, thousands of dollars for. Now, I think this is just a little bit silly, and sometimes people are being a little bit unreasonable in the fact that, yes, I guess DJI could, I guess, potentially go in and just 
take control of people's drones in the sense that it, it controls when and where you can use them. But really, DJI is in the business of making money like any other company. And so they certainly aren't going to do anything that's detrimental to your user experience or allowing you to you know, use your drone for its intended purposes. But at the same time, it's easy to see why DJI would want to impose mandatory updates like this because anything that they can do to continue to make the drone industry appear as safe and responsible as possible is going to allow drone owners to continue to use their drones in ways that they see fit. Obviously, if drones are falling out of the sky left and right and injuring people in, in cities or crowded places, then obviously this is just going to lead to more outcry for tighter restrictions on drone use, which is not good for anybody, most notably DJI, who's in the business of selling more drones. I've had several different drones from DJI over the years, and I currently have a Mavic Pro and a DJI Spark, and I love them both, and they're fantastic little gadgets for getting some great um, aerial photography and videography, and uh, I definitely think that DJI is doing the right thing by continuing to try and make the drone space as safe as possible. So let me know what you guys think. Do you uh, have any problems with DJI imposing any kind of restrictions on updates or other things that might help make drones safer, or do you think they should just send them out to people and let them do as they please. Uh, I think that's crazy, but let me know. Apple's extremely popular AirPods wireless earbuds are now shipping faster than they ever have in their entire life cycle. Almost immediately after their release, the shipment times for Apple's AirPods were typically longer than a month. But it looks like as of today, if you order on Apple's online store, you're looking at shipping times that are somewhere between two to three weeks. Despite the relatively high price tag for the Apple AirPods, they've been extremely popular with Apple fans. But almost immediately after their launch, shipping times quickly fell to about six weeks and have remained there for most of their life cycle. Earlier this month, Apple CEO Tim Cook confirmed that the company was trying to deliver AirPods faster, stating the following, We have increased production capacity for AirPods and are working very hard to get them to customers as quickly as we can, but we are still not able to meet the strong level of demand. As somebody who's had the AirPods since they first came out, I can tell you that they are falling into this sort of new trend in product categories in tech. It's this new trend where the price versus performance curve is starting to shift just a little bit. The AirPods remind me a lot of the Nintendo Switch. There's certainly more powerful options out there or there's wireless Bluetooth earbuds that sound 10 times better than the AirPods sound, but the level of convenience that you get from the AirPods really can't be matched. They're relatively comfortable, they're easy to put in and out of your ears, the charging case that comes with them is a really convenient way to not only not lose your AirPods but also keep them charged on the go, and just in general, they're pretty seamlessly integrated into the iOS experience. So if you're an iPhone user, there's just no other easier way to get wireless Bluetooth music and or you know a Bluetooth headset. The Nintendo Switch shares a lot of those same similarities when comparing it to other gaming consoles. There's definitely more powerful gaming consoles out there, and you could definitely spend more money on an Xbox One S or a PS4 Pro or whatever. The reality is those systems don't allow anywhere near the level of convenience that comes with having a Nintendo Switch and being able to play it anywhere and everywhere you want. So very similar idea between the price versus convenience factor that comes in where you're talking about convenience and performance versus how much something costs. So uh, I personally love my Apple AirPods and I think a lot of other people would appreciate them if they could get them in their hands, but obviously they haven't been easy to come by. So let me know what you guys think. Do you have Apple AirPods? And if you do, do you like the way they sound or would you have preferred to buy a different Bluetooth headset that has higher fidelity audio? Let me know.
Verizon is announcing some changes to its unlimited data plans. If you remember back in February of this year, Verizon kind of surprised everybody with a kind of awesome unlimited data plan for its wireless customers. But that kind of awesome wireless data plan is now being split into three kind of not so awesome data plans. So this probably ties into the testing that Verizon was doing last month, testing out different streaming speeds with Netflix and reducing bandwidth. The data plans will be split between three different unlimited plans, Go Unlimited, Beyond Unlimited, and Business Unlimited. Unlike the plan that was released in February, which was pretty straightforward, the new monthly plans are full of all kinds of different caveats and loopholes you have to jump through, and all kinds of things that a consumer is going to have to really read to understand what's happening. The gist of what you need to know though is that on mobile devices, meaning phones, tablets, or even a laptop if it's being tethered to a Verizon wireless hotspot or phone, you are looking at being limited to somewhere between 480p and 720p video quality anytime you're on Verizon's mobile network watching streaming video. The new Go Unlimited plan starts at $75 per month for a single line and two lines is $65 per month per line. The new Go Unlimited plan has the lowest quality streaming video at 480p on smartphones and 720p on tablets. There's currently no way to watch any higher quality video when on mobile with this plan. The Beyond Unlimited plan jumps to $85 a month for the first line or $80 per line for two lines. With the Beyond Unlimited plan, you get to stream at 720p on a phone or 1080p on a tablet device. There's currently no way to stream any higher quality video than 1080p, even if you're watching video on your laptop. Now here's what's gonna piss off most customers, including myself, which is that if you're on any of the older grandfathered Verizon data plans, you'll get to keep your current plan and pricing. However, your video streams will get lowered to the new standards based on what plan you're on. The only bright spot for grandfathered customers is that you'll be getting reduced to the 720p version of the reduced streaming quality video as opposed to going all the way down to the 480p, which is basically old school DVD quality. Verizon's taken upon themselves to tell everybody that no one can see the difference between 480p and 1080p on a smartphone. And I don't know where they're getting their data, but I can tell you this much, when I'm watching a YouTube video and I get into a congested area and I see that reduction in quality, my eyes can immediately tell the difference and I'm pretty upset about it. So I can tell you that I can definitely tell the difference, but I don't know. You guys let me know if you're on Verizon now, are you upset about this change? If you're not, would this change keep you from going to Verizon and their current data plans and streaming video model. Let me know. Linksys unveiled its new $300 WRT32X gaming router today. The new high-tech gaming router was developed in collaboration with Rivet Networks, who make the killer prioritization engine and other killer wireless products for gaming laptops and PCs. Linksys is claiming you can reduce ping times by as much as 77% if you're using the new router with a PC, laptop, or other gaming device that has killer wireless technologies built into it. The idea behind Killer Networking's prioritization engine is relatively simple, actually. All it really does is it looks at the network traffic and prioritizes important gaming and video networking traffic above any other device in your house. So it's basically looking at the bandwidth and saying, okay, this person's playing gaming and we're gonna prioritize all that gaming type traffic towards the gamer and then reduce speeds towards, you know, every other thing that's going on in your house. I've used laptops that had this similar technology embedded in them, and one of the nice things about it is you can customize it. So you can customize it for not only gaming, but also for streaming video or any other content that you want to prioritize. So it treats any of the packets of data coming from any content that you've deemed important or high priority, like gold, and pushes everything else towards the backside. 
it's worth noting that there are a lot of other routers out there that have similar prioritization settings embedded in them, just not specifically geared towards gaming. So if you don't have a machine or a device that already has killer wireless networking embedded in it, then you're probably not going to really see much benefit from spending the $300 on this router. And you can probably get a similar high quality experience for a lot less without paying for that extra cost that's associated with licensing the killer network technology from Rivet. Well, that's going to do it for another tech download here on Gadget Reason Radio. Thank you so much again for everybody who's continuing to tune in and favorite the station, as well as everybody who's listening in via the podcast. Although, you podcast listeners, I would still encourage you to give the Anchor FM app a try. It is a pretty cool experience. If you guys haven't already, go ahead and head on over to your favorite social media platforms, and you guys can follow me on at Gadget Reason. And that's going to do it for me today. I will talk to you guys tomorrow with the tech download. Have a good afternoon.